0: Welcome back to the hustle. It's John Lamarro. I love this song. This is one of my favorite singles of all time, definitely of the 80s. It's The Honey Thief by the Scottish band Hipsway. Now they were fronted by a guy named Graham Skinner, who is this week's guest. This song reached number 19 in the States in 1986 and it was really their one and only hit in the States. They had a couple other singles off this album in other parts of the world that did pretty good. Nothing huge, but that was pretty much it. They put out a second album barely. It kind of eked out a few years later. What's interesting though about Graham is that he's been in like seven or eight other bands and all of them are amazing. I really, really hope you get turned on to some new music here. Hipsway is really the outlier. The rest of the stuff is so good. Now I'll be honest, this interview is a little rough for two reasons. Number one, he speaks in a very thick Scottish brogue, it can be kind of hard to understand. And number two, he told me ahead of time that he really doesn't like talking about the past. And unfortunately that proved to be true. I tried not to dwell too heavily on Hip Sway. He's probably sick of talking about that. I thought if I shed a light on the other stuff that he's done and how good it is, that it might kind of perk him up a little bit. I don't really think that it did. On the bright side though, you know, for a guy who doesn't like to talk about the past, I am hugely honored that he was willing to talk to me. Because I really love him a lot. I love the music I've, I've discovered of his and I hope you guys will too. He called me from his home in Glasgow.
1: First of all, I I mean, you said something I thought was very interesting in that email, that you're not too keen on talking about your past or looking at the past. I'm Um, curious why you feel that way.
2: Well, I don't know. I guess you kind of touched on it when you were speaking earlier. You know, when you were saying how, you know, everybody knows honey thief. Well, like, you know, after a while that gets a bit... To <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that, like that that whole thing, because that's kind of mostly what p- people want to talk about. But so this is you know this is hopefully be a bit different. But it's also just something I don't really enjoy that much anyway. But you know it's at least it would be nice to talk about something different <laughs> for a change. Really?
1: Yeah. Is that because you're not a inherently nostalgic person who likes to look back, or is that because looking back? Causes some um, disappointment or
2: no, I, no, because I'm I certainly, I, I guess, it was a, a quite a long period when I, I did look back and feel disappointed by it, but now I'm okay with it because you know, I've sort of figured it out. You know, you have to accept things, or, sure, <laughs> sure, just to get worse and worse or whatever. So, yeah. that, uh, you have to just say, well, right, that's where it is, and this is where it is now, and yeah, it'd be a whole lot worse.
1: So here's let me tell you my thought process. So I, when I start this thing last year, I start thinking about the people that I love that I don't hear enough about, and I want to, and the stories I want to tell, and I immediately think of you guys. I want to touch on all the other stuff, but in my opinion, The "Honey Thief" is one of the greatest singles of all time. I know I'm a nobody and probably no one cares what I think, but I think it's one of the greatest singles ever, and not to mention at least just one of the greatest singles of the 80s. So I get excited to talk to you about that. Well, then I start doing my research and I find that Hip Sway is one of like eight bands that you've been a part of. And in truth, at least three or four of those bands are better bands than Hip Sway was to me. I went and bought the Jazz Appears, I went and bought Bruise. I went and bought the Skinner Group.
2: Yeah. I would
1: buy Witness if I could find it anywhere.
2: Yeah, this no, stuff is incredible. Thank you. That's
1: so nice. I realized that after listening to all this other stuff that it's hip sway that's more the outlier. You're more of a straight up rock and roll guy, even somewhat in borderline almost rockabilly type guy. Hip sway is this synthy thing that is sort of different than the rest of your catalogue.
2: Witness, I guess, is probably the closest to Hipsway. but I, I mean, you can you can hear it on the internet and stuff, but I don't know where you would get a copy of it. I don't even I don't think I've even got a copy of it. seems me I've lost it somewhere.
1: Well, all the songs are on YouTube. In fact, House of Love. Oh my gosh. In the land of the free, fall in love with everything
2: you see. Down in the sun Ooh Tell me I'm the only
0: Amazing, Graham. That's what I'm
1: saying, is that there's so much great stuff out there that I don't know that the common listener would know. They yeah, would have no. to go search for it, you know?
2: There's a lot of stuff got left behind.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk about Hipsway and The Honey Thief for a minute, and then I want to move on to other things. But okay. first of all, you got to tell me, what in the world is a Honey Thief?
2: It's inspired by a painting in an art gallery in Glasgow that we went to. Okay. We were just walking about there and saw this painting. And it was called Cupid and the Honey Thief. Hmm. And uh, that, that word just sort of intrigued us. <laughs> that kind of formed a, the basis, you know, so what is a honey thief, you know. Hopefully that's reasonably obvious, you know.
1: Okay. A guy. A guy I, g- I guess they need to spend more time in Glasgow. art <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. And the words, I mean, the lyrics of this... I'm not a super big lyric guy, because I'm more of a vibe guy, which, again, Honey Thief has the best vibe. The lyrics don't exactly explain what a Honey Thief is either, you know?
2: Well, you know, it's it's not really, it's not really a thing at all, but it's, I guess, you know, it's like a, it's like a seduction,
1: you know? Okay. that's
2: what it might be.
1: You're a co-writer on that. When you wrote that song... Did you, in your mind, were you hearing what ultimately came out? Because to me, the magic of that song is sort of in the arrangement and that's in the a, dynamic of, of instruments. What did you hear?
2: It's a very strange arrangement. Well, that's see that that song was written and kind of in the studio. Okay. You know, so you know, it's not not like a traditional right. Let's get the guitar out and. Like well that's of, interesting then. Like, so here's a I bass have... line, here's a guitar line, and then like you know, okay, let's have a different section, okay we'll put and that was real the songs we really put together. And part of that was down to just what the lyrics were as well, you know. Well we've got uh-huh. a lyric that goes here. Yeah, it's a really odd odd arrangement. It's not straightforward. Traditional songwriting has a certain format, you know. First chorus first, chorus middle, eight chorus out sort of thing. Which is nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, that song's got bridges coming in and then different length of verses and it's, amazing. That it's a single because it's actually so irrational, you know.
1: It's not So you saying that sparked the question. So you wrote you guys basically came up with that song in the studio, I'm assuming as you're putting together your debut album, right? Yeah. So Hips Away was not signed on the strength of that song like the Not reception so. of honey thief that you're Not playing in the clubs or anything like that
2: no it wasn't based on that i don't think it was really ask the lord and uh, bromeos and all the rest of the songs that we had
1: Okay, but then your signature song becomes this thing that you create on the fly. How about that? Yeah, yeah it's cool. Some of Do the you yeah.
2: I mean it wasn't oh, like ahead. it wasn't just like buying that set sort of over, you know, we you know sort of got the music vibe and then we went and sort of dug them, you know, used the lyrics that we had and added to them okay. and stuff like that, so yeah, it was interesting.
1: So I wanna talk about your history a little bit. I mean you've been in what I can tell it looks like about eight different bands. And I'm guessing, is hip sway the one that most people want to talk to you about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you look back, though, is that the one that rises to the top of your memories, or do you, is it just one of many? Well, when you, I mean, how do you contextualize it when you go back? Well,
2: it's like the one that, it's the defining one, so, you know, everybody, as far as most people are concerned, so it's the defining Band is it my favourite one? It's not. It's not like it wasn't like my happiest time. Uh-huh. You know, uh, probably uh, if I w- was to only be in one band and hang out with them, you know, that was it. It would probably be the Cowboy Mouth guys. Too. My life, as a throne, as been long and very Never did no sin Just like the love Virgin Mary Like the love Virgin Mary Still Still I get kicked
0: around Still I get kicked around Still I get kicked around
1: Oh, cowboy mouth. Yes. Yeah, which, now, is also, which
2: is also the skin on grip,
1: Okay. Now, we got to clarify that the cowboy mouth you're talking about is different than the cowboy mouth that is yeah, in the yeah, States, yeah, right? Because yeah. I saw those guys in concert a few years ago, and I don't remember seeing you there. Yeah, a, it's a totally different thing, although maybe even sort of a similar sound. But So Cowboy Mouth is the one, when you look back, that was the one that you, if you could have picked any band to stick it out with on the long term,
2: Cowboy yeah. Mouth is the one. Yeah, yeah. Why
1: Now why? Is that because you like the sound better? Is it because you like hanging out with those guys?
2: I like what hanging was- out with those guys. I love hanging out with those guys. But also really enjoy the music that we make, so... Uh-huh. But it's basically it's it's the scanner kind of group anyway, you know it's the same.
1: And are you? I mean, are you more of like a cowpoke kind of guy? If I were to bump into you, would you be wearing, you know, a cowboy hat? Is that more your style?
2: Well, I've got a tartan shirt on at the moment, so. Really?
1: Okay, <laughs> so it must go, be.
2: <laughs> which wouldn't go amiss on the ranch. I don't wear hats all day, and I feel with my hair.
1: Now I'm curious, then, how you feel. Was was Hipsway the band of all of those that had the most, like, momentum, kind of pushing them along? I mean, Jazz of Tears is a great band. Were you... It's
2: a, to say? it's a really odd thing. Jazz of Tears was such a bizarre thing, because basically, I was just sort of on the verge of trying to get, like, Hipsway together. But, but before that, you know, it's maybe a year or so before that happened, and... These guys are looking for a singer. I knew who the Jazzeteers were at the time anyway because they'd been playing around and they had a girl singer. Uh huh. But they wanted to do a different kind of record. Well, I was in a band at the time, but they just said, Do you want to come and sing on this record for us? And I said, Aye, that's fine. So uh, I think I was in the Jazziteers for about a month. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But, uh, that but you are
1: the one singing on the yeah. Rough
2: Yeah, yeah, that, album, that's, right? uh, that's me. That's my all my vocals, yeah.
1: That's
2: what and, I thought. Uh, yeah, no, a, this is Glasgow we're talking about here in the 80s. It was wow. crazy. I'm waiting for a drink with the guys, saying you know, I'll come down, see how it works out, and we just end up uh, doing this album, which went out in Rough Trade. Okay. And, uh, then I went back to my other band. <laughs>
1: oh, really? Now, is that yeah. the White Savages?
2: Yeah, that was well. They they came just after
1: the band I was in before that. Oh, uh, so there's even more. Uh, so
2: Jeez, I was in the band I'm doing club. my it was best program.
1: The, I'm trying to find God. all your music, and it's uh, ah, well, this
2: is this is pre-internet, so there's not not okay. nothing really recorded or anything like that. It's, you know,
1: okay.
2: There's not you, you won't find anything except you know maybe a word or two about it or something. But there's yeah. No no records or it. This is just like learning to be in a band, sort of band. Ah. Uh-huh. So. Good times, okay. but I, you know, wasn't never never made any headlines anywhere. So, what are anyway. your
1: hopes when you are starting these bands? Now, forgive me if this sounds too, I don't know, abrasive or too forward. But when you were growing up and you realized you could sing, and you realized that you loved music and that it was talent of yours, did you get stars in your eyes? Did you want to, you know, become a rock star or become famous? I mean, when you join these bands or you start these different creative endeavors, is the end result that you're hoping for, what is it? Is it stardom? Is it just creative satisfaction? Is it something to do with your buddies? What's what's motivating each move?
2: Well, I, I mean, to a certain extent, all of those things. I think you have to be really conceited to think that when you start, you're definitely going to be successful. You know? Sure. So, I mean it starts off something that you enjoy doing
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think that has to be the th- the thing, and then you try and do something that you like and other people like, which there right. is a certain artistic value and then once you people seem to like what you do, it has to be i I like doing this the The only way to keep doing this is to be successful, yeah, you know, so if you want to do it and get paid for it, you know you have to be successful somehow. Yeah. Which then means you have to play a certain part,
1: which might not necessarily be what you are, but you have to grow into something like that. Was Hipsway really the only time you were able to make a living as a professional musician? Were you able to do that at, at various points throughout this almost thirty-year career, thirty-five-year uh, career of yours?
2: Yeah. Well, it's just, I guess, Hipsway Witness; those two bands, you know, were financed, you know, by the band basically, the money we were making generating. Okay. But all the other bands and all the other stuff I've done apart from chassis which got paid for were just things that I wanted to do. You know, I paid for them or somebody else paid for them, but it didn't make any money. <laughs> right,
1: because that's one of the themes kind of of the podcast is how artists pay their bills. And one of the things that we sort of touch on sometimes are the transitions in an artist's life. So there's a moment when, you know, you're let's say you manage clubs or whatever, you're a bartender or something like that, and you also play in this other band. And then that band starts to become successful. You're able to quit that job and you become a full-time rock star, right? Yeah. Which is probably a dream. That's probably what you've always dreamt. But then in a lot of cases, too, there's a moment when that starts to fall off. And then you got to go back to the regular job. That's a transition, too, that can be hard on people. You maybe have had to kind of go through that arc Oh, More yeah. than once in your life, right?
2: I've definitely gone through that. It broadens you, I hope, a little bit yeah. as a So, touch of reality ends up being quite good for you, probably. But you know, yeah, I would like much prefer if I
1: was making a living as a musician. Sure. You know, Is that how you would define making it? You know, when you look back I, and you yeah,
2: I, well, I've got some pals. The guy who plays drums on. Cowboy Mouth and the Skinner Group. Uh he mm. as far as I'm concerned, he 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 sort of made it better. Riding As well now, because he's just good. he's been one with Susan Boyle, so he's been doing that for the last couple of years. Uh, but and has know, he
1: made been, a, has he made a living with one band or has it been no, like no, contracting that's I mean. to various people? Okay, yeah, people that's are always
2: thought. asking him to play with them. You know,
1: yeah, Chip yeah,
2: Care, all sorts of people, uh, love and money, etc. Oh
1: wow, so, okay.
2: Uh, he's he's been in a lot of really good bands. That would be my first of making it. Yeah, making a as a, a musician. I don't like the whole celebrity thing at all, you know. Oh, old,
1: really? So, yeah. It's not do you right get old. recognized? I, where do you live, no. by the way? Occasionally, uh, Glasgow. You're in Glasgow. Do you yeah. get recognized around the street as, like, there's Graham Skinner, the rock star? Yeah, not, like, constantly. Like, you know, maybe okay. occasionally sort of thing, yeah. It's kind of odd. You know, it's a hard, yeah, I would imagine. Weird,
2: it's a weird position to be in, you know. It's a nice thing, but it's weird, you know. The thing to have to process.
1: <laughs> huh. Does Hipsway ever get invited to play like Rewind festivals and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I've been asked to do a few things like that, but I don't
1: really want to do that. That's interesting to me because we just talked about how you'd love to make a living as a
2: yeah, as but a musician.
1: No, yeah, I imagine you get a big pay, big payday for that.
2: Certainly, I don't I don't want to go back out as Hipsway.
1: Um, just oh,
2: cause it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be Hipsway. You know, Hipsway was for guys basically, and. To me, it should be four guys, not me calling myself yeah. that. So uh, I don't know. Why I like that
1: idea. And it's impossible to get the other guys together, and yeah, that make ain't going to happen. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> that's okay. A,
2: that, mm. And that that I guess that's probably one of the reasons I don't really like talking about it that much. But, uh,
1: You're not friendly with them.
2: Well, you know, I still talk to a couple of them, so. But, uh, okay. It's just too much. Uh, yeah. Too much Public.
1: too much baggage and drama back there. Yeah. Better left alone, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Is some of that baggage what held up the second Hip Sway album? I didn't even know uh, there was one until a few years ago, and I yeah, finally realized it was there.
2: Yeah, I guess, actually, all of that is, is a factor in it, because okay. the management changed, it was musician changed, it was a tour of America to be done, then the writing of the album, because you
1: can't really write when you're on tour. Are you not able to write a second Hipsway album while you're... Focused on touring for the first yeah, album. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. So, okay.
2: Yeah, uh, it was too, well, way too involved. <laughs> yeah. For, no, we had to take a break and then start writing. So, uh, that's probably. And then we had the arguments with the record company as well. So. Yeah. It Just went yeah. on
1: and on and on. So. Can you share any stories of like, the touring? That you, I don't even know. Did you? I was just a kid. Did you open for people that were heroes of yours? Did you ever get to meet any heroes? Did you? Um,
2: was that a well, magical moment? The biggest show we did was Simple Minds at a football stadium in Glasgow. Uh,
1: uh, they're one of my very favorite bands ever. You opened for them? Yeah. Nice. Um, Thirty-five thousand people, twice. Yes. Uh,
2: that was a that was probably really one of the highlights.
1: Good. Uh,
2: and, we, we, and we did some gigs with them south of France as well, which was nice. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, the only other band we really ever opened for was Eurythmics. Cool. We did, so we opened for them 30-odd times all around Europe.
1: Did you ever play the States?
2: Yeah, I did two-month tours of America. About 86 or 87, I can't remember. Were you
1: headliners on that one? I don't remember.
2: Yeah, we were just doing like you know clubs and okay sort of university type things. Okay, so sort of, you know hundred, two hundred, three hundred sort of size hall. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. I think we played Red Sea in Los Angeles. Yeah, so you even know what kind of size a gig. I was yeah. In New York, Red I can't remember.
1: Okay. Can't remember that. Okay.
2: Anyway, you know, quite well known places.
1: When you look back on your career, were those some of the highlights? Or, you know, as we've said, you've got sort of a conflicted uh, no, well, connection I, well, with Well, I would say, that. like in America,
2: uh, we really learned how to rock. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So you, we Really? You back. felt dip, like you couldn't rock in other places, but you we could came let back. loose well, a little we, bit we, more in so America?
2: We, we did a bit to, uh, when we were with Eurythmics, but um, going on and just doing two months around America, really. So uh-huh. And there's rock beasts. So we we were really like came back really sharp after that, you know. I
1: learned a lot and so did I. so that was that yeah. Was but what motivates you nowadays to make music? So the Skinner Group are you just a bunch of buddies that like to get together and put and put out and make music and yeah, music's,
2: happens? like it's a it's always a good excuse to get together if it's if it's music okay. involved. Right. So, um, sort of do a charity thing with them as well uh, once a year, and uh, so we always get together for that. But it's just a, you know, if one of the guys is a guy in a band called the Leopards. Mm. You know, two of them are in the Leopards, so I did a song with them one time, uh, which hopefully will come out sometime soon time for you to figure out what everybody something, I'll I sort of help him out. Not that that happens very often, you know, but we'll just sort of pause through music and then okay. pause after that because we don't like each other.
1: So the, at this point, music is more of like a hobby, right? Um, or
2: something you well, can do with your friends. Yeah, and, but it's also something you can, you know, if Douglas and I do a show, you know, we'll make some money out of that. But yeah, you can still make a week's wages doing a gig, you know.
1: All these bands collectively, I mean, there was really one. I, I can only speak from an American perspective. There's really only one hit in America, yeah, but okay. some of these bands may have had you know bigger impacts in other parts of the world. Are the? I'm guessing the royalties that come because money is a topic that we talk about on here too. My, the royalties are are nice, but they're not enough to sustain to pay all your bills with
2: oh, no, on no, a regular no. basis. Uh, they're right. <laughs> more <laughs> rather than than, than much else, to be honest
1: you manage a club now, is that right?
2: It's a cafe during the day, uh, so people come in for breakfast in the morning and coffee, like kind of like an American diner type thing. Okay, uh-huh. But it's licensed from 11 o'clock in the morning. You can have a beer in there as well. At, at night time, it becomes like a bar more. And, uh, okay. You know, you can't have kids in after like 8 o'clock, so then it becomes like a bar and Sometimes we'll have like uh, well we have jazz we have open mic we have gigs in there, uh, sometimes just get a DJ in, we have poker nights and quiz nights and stuff like that. So.
1: And have you been doing this kind of work for, a, for many years, or did you just? No, have, cause no. Because I I know you just got this job recently.
2: Yeah, I just took it over. So. Um, no, I've done stuff like that before, but a while ago. Um, but I just took this one on. About two months ago, so.
1: And prior to that, I mean, what are some of the other ways that you've made a living? God Almighty. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry if that's a bad question.
2: Uh, I've worked for a fruit and veg company. I've done painting and decorating. I've worked in a bar. I've worked in a IT support.
1: Okay. Um, yeah,
2: that's enough to go on with.
1: <laughs> now, do you view these, I mean, we'll call them normal jobs, right? The, m- most people have. Do you view yeah. these jobs as things to do to sustain your music habit? Or are is the music always, at this point in your life, like we've said, it's more of a hobby or on the side. There's some extra money to be made there with some gigs, but that's not your primary focus. Is one supporting the other, I guess is what I'm asking?
2: Music ain't paying the bills, so you you've got to pay the bills first before you do the music. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, so that's the way that. Just if I get time, I'll do some music. Okay. But, uh, so it's, But um, I've got a new record coming out. Uh, you do. Soon,
1: yeah. As a skitter group.
2: Yeah, it'll be called the Skinner group, but it's really like a solo piece. Um, oh. I did, I pretty much did. Well, I did do everything on it.
1: When does that of, come out?
2: Well, I'm just getting going to get my friend to mix it, so I'd like to think
1: within a, you know,
2: before my next birthday, which is April. So,
1: forgive me if this is a really naive question, but what is some what is a guy like you who has been in several bands, one especially of note, when you put out an album, you know, does the name Graham Skinner does that carry weight so it gets reviewed in magazines and it gets there's some buzz out there, or are you still kind of... We call this podcast The Hustle, because that's what a lot of people have to do to keep their name alive. you got to hustle, and you got to yeah. hustle to get gigs, and you got to hustle to get paid. Is it still more of a hustle, or is there some name recognition to Graham Skinner that, in the UK? You know, I,
2: I'm sure there's plenty, but I think uh, there's so much stuff about, you know, you really need somebody pushing you forward, and I'm not really that guy. I find it difficult to promote myself,
1: so. Uh, mm-hmm. I do too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I have the same conflict with this podcast. It's, um, yeah, I
2: mean, most... I, I used to when I used to do these things, I used to always end up, you know, getting drunk, so I'd become quite piss oh. and uh, loose-lipped. But uh, I'm not trying to be reticent or anything. It. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yes, uh, when I used to do them as a as a young man, that was just part of the whole thing. You sure. Probably enjoyed them more because I was drunk.
1: Are you still a big drinker? Oh no,
2: not anymore. No.
1: Oh really? <laughs> okay. And I don't know what. How about you personally? I mean, do you? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you?
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm married, no kids. So.
1: So I want to ask you a couple of questions that I ask pretty much everyone that I've talked to. When you look back, and you've had such a varied career, when you look back over your career what do you view as like the greatest highlight and this might be interesting for you because because there've been pockets of success and you've had to kind of redefine maybe what you view as musical or creative success over your the course of your life what was the most satisfying memory when you look back over your career is it i don't it sounds like you're not that huge of a hip sway fan, so maybe it's not hearing "Honey Thief" on the radio or watching it climb the charts. Maybe it's something completely different. Well, but what I mean, is that greatest memory?
2: Well, I, I'd rather say maybe just pick one from each of them. You know, I mean, I do remember like being in London and going into a convenience store, get a soda or something, and we were going to meet the record company for some reason, and. This song came on and that was the first time we heard it on the radio.
1: This is you so as way.
2: That was really cool. Uh, for, you know, when the Jazzateers single was Single of the Week, that was really exciting for me. Because that was the first record
1: I'd ever sang on. What was the single off that one? Uh, it was 16 Reasons. That's what I thought. I love that song. Hey heaven, what
2: you say? I wouldn't have it any way You said that money buys a lot today Take my advice and look for the right oh, Live black or white You can do it once or you can do it twice You can save up all your money on your parking fines They're all joining in 16 years, yes. gonna try to make it worth 16, 16 reasons, to stay off the floor, 16 hours, a day you when you're not a city, 16 reasons, do
0: you need any more, uh-huh. do you know you got great on
2: song, I thought this
1: song makes the most sense of the single, okay great. Well,
2: yeah, because I like, play that now with an acoustic guitar and it sounds great. You can play it quite jazzy. It's a good song. It's a proper song. Great. It is um, a good song. I love it. You know, playing at Ibrox with Hipsway was brilliant. That was amazing. Good. Uh, that was a simple minds thing. The next band, Witness, we played a gig in France, which was just probably the best gig I've ever played. Just amazing. Because I had this band that was just fantastic at the time, myself and Pim. Uh brilliant drummer, and just a really
1: good and band. Tim uh, Jones is a member of Witness as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still close? I interviewed Gerard McMahon for this podcast. I don't oh, know if yeah, you yeah. Know you. I know Gerard, yeah. Yeah, he and Pim worked together in the 90s. Yeah, and, he did uh, some
2: back and vocals for us, and uh, that's how Tim um, and Gerard met.
1: So you, as a member of Witness, you played in the south of France, I think it was... One of the best gigs you've ever played? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely.
2: So, uh, right. What
1: made it so good? Just crowd you know, reaction it's, it's in the pocket?
2: We, what was it? Cause, yeah, because we went, it was like, a, they have a free music festival day there in the middle of summer. Well, maybe it's a week, I don't know. But, you know, we went there, we, we didn't have any hit records or anything. and we just went and asked to go there. And there was like 1,500 people there that, we did, that didn't know us, and just totally bought into what we were doing. Felt like we were Aerosmith or something
1: like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually like you better than Aerosmith. I do like <laughs> Aerosmith, but I'd rather hear, I'd rather see Graham Skinner in concert. To be honest. Oh, uh, well. You never <laughs> that's know. That's just my own, own personal know. preference. Never know, Joe. You yeah, you never know. I got to get over there. Oh, one thing I did want to ask you about. Now, there's kind of a gap. We'll we'll call it a resume. Not that that's not really what it is, but there's sort of a gap after Cowboy Mouth and before Bruise. It was like an eight-year span there. Were you just sick of music? Were you kind of throwing in the towel for a while? What's well, going on? no,
2: there? after Cowboy Mouth, Bruce was kind of pretty much followed on one way or another. Off after Cowboy Mouth, although there was a, I did a, I mean, you know, all the stuff you've heard that's out there doesn't probably the same amount that's never got out there. Like the band after Witness. Throw two albums worth of stuff that nobody's ever heard. Pleasure yeah. Lords,
0: right? Yeah.
2: two albums worth of that. Um, there's like maybe two albums worth of stuff. I did it Bru- just before Bruce. Okay. You know, and then after Bruise, I didn't do it
1: for about 10 years. How'd you get hooked up with Bruise? That album is beautiful, by the way.
0: I don't know. It, I loved
1: it. Loved it. And I'd never heard of him before. The drummer was my... He was my drummer. Um, oh.
2: Witness. And then we started, we were going to produce this girl uh, through a mutual friend. We met through a mutual friend. Uh-huh. And then they ended up as a partnership. <laughs>
1: okay. And then I
2: moved back to Glasgow anyway. So so I wasn't involved in the first record.
1: Uh, a partnership? Is that code for... Like well, they're married now. <laughs> oh, they are. Okay. Then, when you look back on your career, do you have any regrets? What's your biggest regret?
2: Should probably have taken that a bit more seriously when we were in the, you know. Oh, really?
1: Do you think that if you had taken any one of these ventures more seriously, the outcome would have been different?
2: To be honest, I'm trying. I'm looking for regrets to answer the question. I don't feel that bad about anything anymore, you know. Okay, good. I've reconciled with it all. Who knows what would have happened uh. Yeah, but right. If they've been really successful, I might have ended up being a, an old drunk drug addict, you know. Yeah,
1: so
2: yeah. You just okay. don't know what would have happened.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I know that sounds a bit morbid, but... Uh, no, but it, it, it
1: sounds like bit. you're on the other end of some pretty heady times. It
2: sounds uh, like there were
1: some low lows. And I you... think,
2: no, Just you just have to... Sometimes stand back and take a look at yourself.
1: I don't know. I mean, forgive me, if this is too personal a question, was there, like, substance abuse Abuse? Not really in my any?
2: behalf. No, I mean, apart from alcohol, which is okay. a given in the west of Scotland. Sure,
1: okay.
2: I guess I did what a lot of people do when they have children, but without having children, which is just okay. step back from it and say, right, enough's enough.
1: I don't know how you feel when you look back over your career but I want you to know that you've made hours of music that means a great deal to me. And and I wanted the opportunity to tell you that. And granted, prior to reaching out to you a couple of months ago, all I really knew was Hip Sway, which I love. But the other stuff I've found, I like even better there is a richer experience that I have now with you personally that's going to bring even more joy to my life because there's nothing better than music and there's really nothing better than great music and you're responsible for hours of great music that brings a lot of joy to my life. So I want to thank you for that. If you ever sit back and you look back on your career and you've got some conflicted feelings, know that there's at least one guy out in Denver, Colorado who's on board with anything Graham Skinner does because he thinks you're amazing. All right,
2: that's really cool.
0: All right, there you have it, Graham Skinner. I don't know. I just want to hug him. Don't you? I I can't tell if he's just a really mellow, kind of laconic, checked-out guy or if there's a layer of like sadness there. That's what I was detecting, but I didn't want to project too heavily on it. I'm not sure. I don't know the guy. I just know that I really love him and love his music, and I tried to communicate. I don't know how I did. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm curious to know what you guys think. Hopefully, hopefully you got turned on to some new music. Unfortunately, a lot of it's really hard to find. Some of it is on iTunes and Spotify. Some of it isn't. Some of it's just on YouTube. Some of it never really even came out. But track it down if you can, because it's worth it. It's so good. In fact, this song playing right now is the title track of his last album that came out two years ago called Back on the Horse. You can buy it on iTunes. It's amazing. It's really, really good. I wish this guy could make a living as a professional musician. We need more of him out there. He is so good. All right, guys. Big thanks to my personal favorite Scotsman, Jan Makiewicz. I don't know if you guys knew that, but Jan, the producer of the podcast, lives in Scotland. Please find us on iTunes, Please write us a review. We haven't had a review for a while. Please write us one. Find us on Facebook. Like our page. You can communicate with me that way. You can always send me an email. Tell me what you think about the podcast. Give me some ideas of people you'd like me to track down. I've had a few people do that recently, and I'm working on those things. So thanks, everybody. The email address is thehustlepod at gmail.com. Also, a buddy of mine said something. We were talking the other night. He said something really apropos, I thought, of the podcast. He said, you know, fame is fleeting, so you got to hustle. And so I'm going to leave you with those words. I want you to remember that. Anyway, take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Reared up and threw off with such search-